Hello, and thank you for tuning in to American Spa's latest podcast. I'm Nicole Altavilla, Head of Content at American Spa, and today's topic is disinfection. The COVID-19 pandemic has given us a new understanding of the importance of infection prevention for spas. However, this virus is just one of many pathogens that can cause an outbreak, including other viruses as well as bacteria and fungi. Disinfection is one of the most important steps in preventing infections in spas, but with all the information out there, it can be difficult to know where to start when it comes to choosing a safe, effective disinfectant and using it properly. Today, we're talking to Laura Sturr and Matt Buccioni from Virox, makers of Rejuvenate, to hear about what spa professionals can do to elevate their disinfection protocols in the post-pandemic world. Laura and Matt, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. It's great to be here. The pandemic has certainly changed how people think about disinfection. As the makers of Rejuvenate, what changes have you seen in the way spa professionals think about disinfection, both pre and post pandemic? So before the pandemic, I think the the topic of disinfection is probably something that um, a lot of us maybe didn't think about that often. So we might have understood that it was important uh, to disinfect services in order to prevent infections, but COVID really changed the game and kind of shone a new spotlight in showing us how devastating the consequences of an outbreak can be, an outbreak caused by an infectious pathogen, um, in this case, a virus, the COVID-19 virus. Um, and so while we now have this, this really, this, this spotlight, this megaphone on infection prevention, uh, more than we ever did before, the threat of infection really is not new at all to spas. So aside from this particular virus that causes COVID-19, we know there are a lot of other viruses that are out there that can cause infections in spas. And so obviously some examples of this that we might be familiar with uh, include influenza, um, you know, even the common cold, you know, which many of us have firsthand experience with. Um, but we can also see other types of viruses like bloodborne viruses, uh, whether we're dealing with um, hepatitis B and C or even HIV. And bloodborne viruses in particular, we might see with facilities that can work with tools that have the risk of accidentally breaking the skin during use. So even if you're not seeing any blood visibly, um, it can still result in the transmission of bloodborne viruses from one client to another. So, so viruses are definitely out there and, and, and the COVID virus is, is far from the only virus. But in terms, when we think about pathogens in spas, viruses is just one major category of pathogen that we need to be concerned about. So another main category is bacteria. And one common example of this um, in spas in particular is staphylococcus. And so we see this with staph infections, um, folliculitis, so hair follicle infections, but also in some drug-resistant strains of staphylococcus, uh, like MRSA, which, which a lot of us might be familiar with. And we know that MRSA can lead to serious infection. Um, and there's also other types of bacteria as well that we might see. So you know, something like Mycobacterium fortuitum that can be associated with um, foot baths or Pseudomonas, which you might see um, in, in a hot tub rash or, or things of that nature. Um, and, and last but not least, the third main category of pathogens that we might see in spas are fungi. And, you know, fungi are something that we might not even usually think of as causing infection, uh, but we can see these types of infections with things like athlete's foot, 
and nail fungus, which are actually both caused by a kind of fungus called trichophyton. So infection prevention really always been, uh, always has been the cornerstone in uh, preventing these pathogens from being able to make us sick during a spa visit. Um, and when we think about infection prevention in, in, in the context of spas, there, there are multiple different layers to this. And this can include things like hand hygiene, uh, like checking the skin of clients for any breaks or rashes before starting appointments um, and having that conversation with clients. So advising them to stay home when they're not feeling well um, and not coming in uh, for services if, if they're feeling sick for any reason. But another component, which is really what we're going to focus on today, is disinfecting surfaces and spa facilities. And so this is the step that actually kills these pathogens that we spoke about on surfaces and prevents them from being spread from a sick client to a healthy one. And I will say, Matt, you know, a positive outcome that we've seen from the pandemic is we're starting to see more spa professionals become conscientious of what type of disinfectant they're using. And they're now opting for the more effective hospital grade disinfectant over the disinfectants that you would just pick up off the shelves at like a Sam's Club, for example. Yeah, that's right. And I think people are definitely putting a lot more thought into the products that, that they choose for disinfection as a result of what we've seen over the course of the pandemic. Um, you know, I think even on a basic level, we're starting to see more awareness around even what a disinfectant is and how it's different from, you know, something like a cleaner or a sanitizer. Uh, so while a cleaner is going to remove dirt and debris from a surface, this doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be actually killing any of these pathogens that we spoke about on that surface. So even if it lifts some of them off, um, it, it may not be killing, and it certainly is not going to be enough to prevent the spread of infection in spas. Similarly, when we talk about sanitizers, uh, these are products that have only been tested against bacteria, and they're not registered to be used against other types of pathogens like viruses and fungi. And so we might see sanitizers in, you know, food service environments or other type of settings like that. Um, but for spas, in order to effectively prevent um, infection, you know, caused by the variety of different pathogens that might be out there, um, disinfectants should really be used to uh, effectively target these and making sure that we're doing everything that we can. And as Laura mentioned, you know, I think spas are really also starting to recognize the need to look for an EPA-registered hospital-grade disinfectant to use within their facilities. So in the U.S., disinfectants are actually uh, registered with the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, um, and the majority of guidelines that are published by state boards are going to require the use of an EPA-registered disinfectant in order to be compliant with, uh, with regulations. And so one thing we've definitely seen a lot during the pandemic is a lot of products that are kind of popping up all over the place that are claiming to be effective, but that may or may not have that EPA stamp of approval. Um, and, and that can mean that the claims that it's making are not necessarily backed up with, you know, the rigorous testing that's required for an EPA registered disinfectant. And so a product without that is, is really more than likely not going to be compliant with, uh, with whatever state guidelines um, that you're following. Also, you know, choosing a hospital grade disinfectant in particular uh, means that the product that you're using is going to meet the standards to be used in healthcare. Um, and so obviously, you know, in, in healthcare environments, whether we're dealing with hospitals or other settings, you know, this is where we're dealing with particularly vulnerable patients uh, in high risk settings. 
And so while consumer products that you might buy off the shelf in, in a local store might be okay for use in, in homes, professional settings like spas are really going to require a professional disinfectant. And so using an EPA registered hospital grade product uh, is going to help ensure that the disinfectant meets this standard that, that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, we're also finding that the client is also becoming more savvy and expecting to see that their treatment area has been effectively disinfected. So we're finding communication, both verbal and nonverbal, has become so important to put them at ease when they come in for a treatment. So it could be things just like, you know, putting a tent card on your workstation to show that it's been disinfected, or even having that hospital grade disinfectant just sitting out where it's visible just gives them that peace of mind. I know when I walk in somewhere for a treatment right now, the first thing I do is scan the room and go, what are you using? So it's it's always a little bit of extra peace of mind when you see that disinfectant just sitting there. Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree. I think clients have come to expect a higher standard in general when it comes to infection prevention. Um, and I think, uh, as Lara said, I think they may make decisions on whether or not to visit a facility based on that commitment to infection prevention. So so some of those simple steps that, that you mentioned, Lara, I think are really perfect ways to demonstrate commitment to keeping clients safe and really that you're taking their safety to the next level. Um, and, and so I think this new awareness that clients are bringing into appointments is giving the opportunity to evaluate whatever infection prevention protocols you might have in place um, and identify opportunities to really elevate these to the next level. Thank you, Matt and Laura. That's great. Can you explain some of the common myths or misconceptions around disinfection? For sure. And there definitely are a lot of them. Um, so... The awareness, like we were saying, I think the awareness of the importance of disinfection has really grown over the past year and a half, but it also seems like the misinformation around disinfection has been spreading just as fast as the information. Um, And so the the first one we'll talk about is is one that we kind of already mentioned briefly, and, and that's the difference between disinfection compared to other things like cleaning and sanitizing. So I think we've seen, you know, particularly in the media, you know, uh, people talking about cleaning and sanitizing as if it's the same as disinfection, right? The terms are used interchangeably, but they actually each mean something quite different. So as, as we mentioned before, cleaning is the process of physically removing dirt from a surface. So we might be lifting pathogens off uh, just by virtue of wiping the surface or using a detergent or something like that. But we may not actually be killing any of these pathogens and preventing the spread of infection. And also sanitizing means we're reducing the level of bacteria on a surface to what's a level that's considered safe, Um, you know, usually by some kind of public health standard uh, or another accepted standard. And so sanitizers are not going to be tested against other types of pathogens like viruses and fungi. And so if you're concerned about viruses and fungi, like we obviously are in spa settings, um, sanitizers really are not going to cut it. Um, they're not going to be able to replace routine disinfection to prevent the spread of infection. So on the subject of uh, cleaning and kind of a lot of the confusion around cleaning versus disinfection, I think another myth is that, you know, disinfection and safety is associated with a certain smell. So I think a lot of people are used to the smell of, you know, maybe it's lemon or even a harsh chemical odor like a bleach smell and might interpret that to mean that the surface has been disinfected and that it's going to be safe for the next client. 
but the truth is that there really is no smell associated with disinfection. So just because a surface smells a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that it's been disinfected properly or that it's going to be safe for the next appointment. And a product uh, with no smell can absolutely be effective against, um, against pathogens. So the smell is really not uh, what to go by when, when trying to figure out if your protocols are working. Another major misconception that we hear about a lot is that disinfectants are going to be able to kill pathogens instantly when they're sprayed onto a surface. And this is probably something that we might see a lot, you know, whether we're, you know, out you know, shopping or whatever, and we see disinfectants being sprayed onto a surface, and then that surface gets immediately wiped right after. Mm-hmm. I think we see that one all too often. All too <laughs> often, for sure. And uh, really, the issue with this is that no disinfectant is effective right away. All products have what's known as a contact time. And the contact time is the length of time that the liquid needs to stay wet on the surface in order to be fully effective. So, um, you know, let's say, for example, if a product says on the label that it requires a 10 minute contact time to kill pathogens, that means that that surface is going to need to stay wet with the disinfectant for the full 10 minutes in order to actually achieve the claims that are being advertised on the product label. So another myth, and I think this one's really important, uh, is that disinfectants by nature are toxic. And this one kind of makes sense when you think about it, because, you know, after all, disinfectants are designed to kill germs. So you can definitely understand why a lot of people would assume that they're going to be toxic to people as well. Um, And and it's definitely true that um, older disinfectant technologies are associated with these negative safety profiles. And unfortunately, we still do see these technologies used today. But there definitely are other disinfectants that are going to be non-irritating and that are formulated to be highly effective against pathogens, but without trading off on the safety to either the user uh, or the planet. And we can definitely talk about this a little bit later uh, if you're interested. But that being said, even relatively safe products still need to be used properly in order to protect the safety of the user. So unfortunately, one thing that we did see during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic was a really significant increase uh, in calls that were made to poison control centers, uh, especially in the early months of the pandemic, due to unsafe exposure to, to disinfectants and to cleaning products in general. And so we always recommend that uh, spas do their research when they're looking for a disinfectant on how to choose a safe product for their facility um, and also how to use it properly in order to prevent any incidents like this. Mm -hmm. And as Matt said, there has just been so much misinformation that's come out of this pandemic. So it's um, it can be tough to figure out, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I disinfecting properly? And Matt, did you have any suggestions where people should go to actually find some accurate information? Sure. So to find uh, information on how to be compliant with those regulations, uh, we always recommend reviewing whatever state guidelines that you might be following, um, you know, depending on what state board that you're associated with. Um, most are going to have uh, specific regulations as it relates to infection prevention and disinfection. And this really is sort of the standard to look for when looking for what are those basic requirements that you need uh, in order to be compliant. Um, but there's also been, I think, a ton of misinformation on how to choose the right disinfectant. And I think we've seen a lot of companies, um, you know, really almost offering a miracle cure to prevent the spread of infection in spas. 
and, and there really is no silver bullet. That's kind of like the, the, one of the basic things that we always say. Um, but we can definitely get in, we could definitely get into a little bit more about, um, what are some of those key things to look for when choosing the right disinfectant for your spa? Rejuvenate Disinfectant's new special edition wipes are now available with an exciting peel and reveal contest with over $75,000 worth of prizes available to be won. There's a chance to win with every canister of this exciting new format. The new slender size takes up less of your space while delivering hospital grade disinfection in as little as one minute. Show your clients you keep their safety top of mind and in front of you. Rejuvenate wipes work up to 10 times faster than other brands, offering you quick treatment room turnovers. These wipes are approved for use against SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 and other pathogens of concern, such as influenza, athlete's foot, and nail fungus. Additionally, the active ingredient hydrogen peroxide breaks down into water and oxygen, reducing your environmental impact. Now available in 60 wipes per canister, single, or in a case of six. Experience the beauty of disinfection and win today. No purchase necessary. For full rules, see www.peelandreveal.com. Are there some top factors that spas should consider when choosing disinfection products to use at their businesses? Yeah, so there's a couple uh, basic things. We can almost think of it like a checklist that spas can use whenever they're evaluating a disinfectant product to make sure that what they're looking for is going to be the right solution for their facility. So as we mentioned earlier, really the bottom line is to look for an EPA-registered hospital-grade disinfectant. Um, all disinfectants should be EPA-registered uh, in order to be compliant with state guidelines in most cases. Um, as well as to make sure that the testing that the claims on the product label has that EPA stamp of approval. Um, and choosing a hospital grade disinfectant is going to give that additional layer of confidence that the product that you're, that you're using um, is going to meet the standards to be used in healthcare. So, you know, while a lot of um, consumer products might be okay for a home, um, professional grade products are really going to help bring infection prevention to the next level in spas. So that's, I think, the bottom line when it comes to looking for the right disinfectant. And of course, while it should be highly effective, we definitely don't want uh, the product to trade off on safety to the users and safety, obviously, to your clients. Uh, so you want to look for a product that's going to be non-irritating to eyes, non-irritating to skin. Uh, and that's not going to be associated with uh, any other health hazards um, at the in-use concentration. And I say that because some products might be available as a concentrate, um, but it's important to look at that solution that you're actually going to be using for disinfection. And so to find information on this, it's really important to uh, review the product label and the safety data sheet or the SDS to find out what those considerations are in terms of the safety profile of the product and how to use the product safely. Um, so, so that's definitely a really key thing to look out for as well. And we touched on this earlier, but it's also important to choose a product with a fast um, and realistic contact time. So as we mentioned earlier, contact time is the length of time that the surface needs to stay wet with the disinfectant in order for you to be properly disinfecting and killing those pathogens. Uh, but we didn't really get into why that's so important. So 
I think the most obvious reason is probably just that it's going to speed up the disinfection process, right? You don't want to have to wait around uh, necessarily 10 minutes after each client appointment for, for every surface that you're disinfecting. Um, and so choosing a product with a, a rapid contact time um, can really help sort of streamline your protocols. It can really help cut down on that time between appointments and really focus on what you want to do, which is to, to fit more appointments in the day and to dedicate time toward um, providing uh, exceptional services for your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of people don't even think of is, you know, if you have a disinfectant with a long contact time, that might require your staff to go back and re-wet the surface because it's drying before that 10 minutes is up. And also take into consideration those high touch surfaces. When you're looking at your point of sale system and you're trying to get people through and cash out quickly, if you're disinfecting as a 10 minute contact time, you're not disinfecting between clients. Right. And you mentioned point of sale equipment. Like there are a lot of different surfaces that might be less obvious, like a you know debit pin pad that really are being touched quite frequently throughout the day by a wide range of different clients. So that rapid contact time you know, over the course of the day is really going to speed things up. And you touched on another really important point, which is, you know, a lot of products with unrealistically long contact times often tend to evaporate before they actually reach this, you know, in particular, high alcohol products uh, tend to evaporate more quickly uh, as a general rule. Um, And this might mean that you're going to need a few applications in order to keep that surface wet. So not only are you spending more time to do this, you're actually using a lot more product than you think. Um, and that factors into the cost as well, because you might, you know, you might look at that cost, but not be thinking of needing to use it, you know, multiple times just to actually uh, allow it to work properly. So that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. A- another factor that you want to look for is to choose a product that's going to be compatible with a wide range of surfaces and tools that you're using throughout your facility. You know, obviously in spas, you know, tools and services are a significant investment. You know, they're very important. And the last thing you want is for your disinfectant to cause these surfaces to quickly, you know, become damaged or degrade them over time. So this is really a question of working with your your manufacturer to ask about the compatibility testing that's been done. And, you know, generally the compatibility of the profile of the product to make sure that whatever you're choosing is going to be compatible with the wide range of services that you're going to be using throughout the day. So that's a really important one as well. And last but not least, I think it's important for the product to be easy to use um, and to be available in the types of formats that you want. So for instance, you might want a a pre-moistened wipe format if you want to quickly disinfect uh, various surfaces in between clients that's that's just ready to go. You know, you just pull out the wipe and, and you have the right amount of liquid built right in. Um, you might want a ready-to-use um, liquid available in a spray bottle. So for those other areas where you can just quickly spray down the surface in between clients and throughout the day. Um, but, you know, in other cases, if you're dealing with larger surface areas, um, you, you know, maybe you'd want a, a, a concentrate that's designed to be diluted in water. Uh, this can give, this can offer a really uh, more economical solution in some cases for those larger surface areas throughout the facility. So, so that's definitely something to think about as well. Uh, and also, you know, investing in a product that your team wants to use, I think is one of the most underrated or underappreciated factors. You know, even the most effective product in the world is just not going to get the job done if your team doesn't feel comfortable using it. 
if they don't want to get on board with with whatever the protocol is. So so really, it is important to get buy in to to have a product that your team's feeling safe using. You know that they want to use. Um, you know, really goes a long way. And emphasis on the easy to use. I mean, I, we can't overstate it enough. If you have those wipes on hand for those high touch surfaces, your staff is going to use them. They are going to be wiping down those pin pads and the door handles and the places that they may not necessarily be thinking about, but if they see those wipes there, something with a quick contact time, they can just pull the wipe out, wipe between customers and go. So tell me more about Virox Rejuvenate and Accelerated Hydrogen Peroxide or AHP and what's on the horizon for the Rejuvenate brand. Sure. So Virox uh, was founded more than 20 years ago now. And at the time, uh, the disinfectants that were used even in hospitals and in healthcare environments uh, were often associated with harmful health effects, uh, you know, leading to things like uh, skin irritation and eye irritation um, and potentially even other types of health conditions like occupational asthma. And, you know, in addition to these negative safety profiles, a lot of these products also didn't really work that well in real world conditions. So we spoke about contact time earlier. A lot of these products at the time were, um, you know, associated with these unrealistically long contact times uh, in order to be effective. And so uh, scientists at Virox at this point created a new disinfectant technology formulated with hydrogen peroxide that was then called accelerated hydrogen peroxide and AHP is, is the acronym for that. Um, and because of these negative safety profiles, hydrogen peroxide was really interesting to Virox at the time as a new sort of active ingredient to look into. Uh, at the time, it was sort of not really used a lot in disinfectants for a couple of reasons. You know, one of them is that hydrogen peroxide is an unstable molecule by itself. So uh, it, it naturally has germ killing abilities. It naturally has uh, properties that allow it to kill pathogens, but by itself, it's unstable and it tends to break down right away into water and oxygen. Whereas with AHP, uh, this takes low levels of hydrogen peroxide and combines it with other commonly used safe ingredients. And what this results in is uh, a solution that's that's really powerful against pathogens, but also non-irritating to people and non-toxic to the environment. Because as I mentioned, the active ingredient breaks down uh, into water and oxygen, and the AHP formulation with all the, the the blend of other ingredients is biodegradable as well. So when you think about hydrogen peroxide that you buy in, in the pharmacy, uh, in that brown bottle usually, it's in that brown bottle to, to protect the stability and that's a 3% solution of hydrogen peroxide. But the hydrogen peroxide used in AHP is, um, for the surface formulations, it's a half a percent solution. So you're taking, you're going from 3% to half a percent um, while being also really effective against pathogens, but because the concentrations are so low, we have that really positive safety profile. And Randy Pilon, our founder and CEO, has a really great quote that really speaks to why this was so important. And he'll always say, it's not hard to disinfect. It's difficult to disinfect without hurting the surface or the person doing it and the environment post-use. Right. And, and since then, you know, those early days in healthcare, AHP has really branched out, you know, becoming a leading technology in healthcare. 
And then from there, moving into a wide range of other industries where disinfection is really an important step to keep people safe. Because obviously we know that hospitals and healthcare settings are, are far from the only uh, environments where disinfection is important, you know, spas being um, a very important application. And so we really saw a lot of these parallels between healthcare and professional beauty environments like spas and salons and, and other types of uh, practices. Um, you, you know, we saw a lot of unsafe, uh, less effective chemistries being used uh, it, throughout the industry. And a lot of these uh, products are actually still being used today. Uh, so even uh, so products that have sort of fallen out of favor uh, in healthcare, we still unfortunately see popping up in, um, in the salon and spa industry. One particular example of this is phenols. Uh, so these have kind of come under fire a lot recently for being associated with potentially containing um, carcinogenic ingredients. Um, but unfortunately, we do still see these products popping up. And so Rejuvenate was formulated with AHP specifically for salon and spa environments uh, to kind of help address some of these issues with these, um, these older chemistries that we're still seeing. Uh, so the Rejuvenate line of products are EPA-registered hospital-grade disinfectants uh, that are effective against a wide range of viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Uh, but despite being effective against pathogens, uh, Rejuvenate is non-irritating to eyes and skin um, at the in-use concentrations, and it's also not associated with any other negative health effects. So we we're talking a lot about contact time so far. This was a really important consideration when designing a product for spas and, and in general. So Rejuvenate disinfects in rapid and realistic contact times uh, with the ability to kill pathogens in as little as one minute. So it is pretty common for a lot of products that are used in spas to have contact times of, of 10 minutes across the board for all those claims on their product label. But Rejuvenate was really designed to help spas achieve compliance um, with just one single application. So rather than needing to apply, just having that one application to actually achieve disinfection. And we also wanted to make sure that a variety of different formats were available in the Rejuvenate line that were convenient for spas to be able to use. So this includes uh, pre-moistened wipes, um, along with ready-to-use liquids and concentrates uh, sort of designed for those larger surface areas throughout the facility. So as we mentioned earlier with the different formats, uh, the wipes and, and ready-to-use liquid are, are great for those areas where we need quick disinfection between clients and, you know, they're ready to go and there's no need to prepare any solutions, uh, whereas the concentrate uh, can be a more economical option as you're diluting it in water. And so, um, you know, uh, for those larger areas, you are not going through that product as quickly. And Matt, let's not forget the most exciting announcement that we have, because when this podcast goes live, our brand new special edition format of wipes will be available through Universal. And what's even more exciting is the contest that's going alongside with it. So we are launching a new compact, slim canister of wipes which is, as we said, available through Universal. The label is beautiful. It's a brand new look. We're so excited for you to see it. And to make it even more exciting, every single canister has a sticker on top that you can peel to see if you won one of $75,000 worth of prizes. So this campaign is running until December 7th. 
So there are a few months to purchase your canisters, but we are very excited for everyone to see it. And we can't wait to see all of your posts and to get everybody winning some exciting prizes. Wow, that sounds so exciting. Can you tell me some challenges and opportunities that spas will face with infection prevention moving forward? And what are some strategies that spa professionals can use to navigate this? Sure. So one piece of feedback that we've been hearing a lot is the challenge that a lot of spas have been facing around um, shortages in in staffing really across the industry. Um, So I think in the best of times, uh, the need to train uh, team members and get everybody up to speed and getting everybody, you know, well-versed in protocols, you know, I think that's challenging at the best of times. But what we've seen with, you know, challenges around reopening and staffing shortages is that, you know, it's, it's even harder to really uh, invest in this training because obviously, you know, training team members is really time consuming. Uh, it's a lot of work for businesses to do on top of everything else that they're already trying to uh, or, or needing to accomplish in the day. Um, so with, with spas being so short on time, um, you know, the need for training is as important as ever, if not more important, but the challenge is really with, with some of the turnover and shortages that we're seeing, um, being able to invest that time in training on top of everything else that's going on. Oh, yeah. We know you're busy and um, we do have a few resources that we put out to help with the onboarding. So one exciting thing that we have on our website is our online certification course. So you can have your staff go to rejuvenatedisinfectants.com and take our online certification course. Then they'll actually be able to print a certificate with their name on it once they've completed to show that they have completed this course and, you know, give the client that little extra peace of mind as well when they see this. And and to help with the protocols, because as you know, it is so important to have cleaning and disinfection protocols for your facility and to have them posted where your staff can see them and reference them because, you know, things slip our minds. We don't always remember everything off the top of our heads. And if we're not constantly having those touch bases, things do get missed. So we designed a protocol builder where you can go online and build a customized protocol that you can print and post in your facility. All you have to do is go to learnaboutrejuvenate.com and you'll be able to build your protocols. Laura and Matt, thank you so much for your insight into this very important topic. For our listeners, you can learn more about disinfection and rejuvenate products by visiting www.rejuvenatedisinfectants.com. Thank you for listening.